talk to us about how you balance not only your family life, but the life between those two businesses, how you keep your employer happy, as well as your clients happy, and your family happy. Well, I wouldn't say any of them are happy. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I... Okay, if you want me to get into it. No, yeah, get into it. I mean, it. I get two hours of sleep at night. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm working, I'm going. And I know there's an end in sight. Yeah. Right? The, the, there's, there's a time where it's going to be perfect for me to exit my job or to exit the accounting field, which isn't going to happen. Um, it's sacrifice. Yeah. And I'm going to sacrifice for what I want to do. Hold up. Hold up. Let me get my mind. Let me get my mind right. Yeah. Let me get my mind. Let me get my mind right. You know everything is alright. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Millennial Minds in Business, where we sit down with young entrepreneurs who are changing the business landscape as we know it. I am your host, Stephen Gabrielson with SLG Advising, Business Consulting of the New Age. And I am sitting here with Brian Gillenwater, who is the owner of Adventure Accountant and also um, a project manager in Probes Electric. That's is that is that a good title for you? Yep. Um, and he's doing some pretty cool things within the accounting industry, um, as, as well as balancing two jobs very effectively. So Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. This is round two. I had you on the show a couple weeks ago. Is, I think it was a couple of months ago. A couple wasn't of it? months ago, probably. But you flipped the script on me and yeah. you interviewed me. Yeah. So now I'm flipping it back on you and I want to hear more about you, what you got going on. So tell me. Well, um, so I'm project manager at Prost Electric. Um, we put in underground utility and overhead utility, mostly with Idaho Power, but my goodness, everywhere else too. Yep. Um, so juggling that and starting up my own accounting firm this year. And that's that's been a lot of work. Yeah. So <clears throat> you're not you're, you're not a typical accountant and you're not running a typical accounting firm. No. no. So tell us how you're different, what sets you apart from the rest of the crowd. Well, I'm different, number one, because I don't bill by the hour. Okay. Um, I, I see no need for it. It works against what my clients need. If they need the job done, I get the job done. So I grew up around contractors all my life. My grandpa, he was a, he was a floor layer. He would lay hardwood floors. My uncle in, inherited the business slash bought it from him. My cousin's a landscaper. My other cousin's an electrician. I have a cousin that's a builder. I, I love construction and I grew up around it enough but my dad was not a contractor and so I the, he's an accountant when I was looking for a career my dad said you get you need to be an accountant it was almost no choice because I had to be an accountant and so but I always wanted to be a contractor and so I worked I worked as a, a hod carrier a hottie and all sorts of other jobs through college and finally I get the chance to work in the construction industry and when I jumped out on my own I, I took the chance and I said man I love the construction industry and I'm going for it so I work directly with clients there I figure there's two philosophies is you can either charge ten dollars to a thousand people or charge a hundred dollars to a hundred I don't I'm an accountant I'm supposed to be able to do the math I <laughs> but the point is I want to work with less clients and I want to help them more rather than the typical accounting office where you're going to have 
a slew of clients. You see them once, maybe twice a year. If you're if you're doing a bang up job, you'll call them sometime during the year and say, "Hey, yeah. how's business?" But I talk to most of my clients every day, and if it's not every day, it's at least once a week, for sure. See, dude, we so Brian and I go kind of way back, not necessarily way way back, but we actually were at the same accounting firm before we both left and started our own accounting firm. So we come from the kind of the same background and philosophy um, behind why uh, we operate, how we operate in our accounting firms. Um, and something that I really um, like about how you operate and about how I operate is we don't necessarily have, most, most accounting firms out there will develop lists of their clients in an A, B, C, or D type of client, right? And the A, A clients get a lot more attention than the, than the C or D clients, right? Mm -hmm. What I like about how we operate is we only have a list of A clients. There's not necessarily B, C, or D clients, right? Because we get the freedom to basically pick and choose who we work with because our, our clientele lists are so much smaller. Um, how how has it how has that differed from how it was in the past of, of prior CPA firms that you've worked at versus how you operate now? Well, to tell you the truth, I have gone to an A, B, and C model. Oh, have you really? Just to a small degree. So, for example, if somebody wants me to do a tax return, yeah, I'll see them once or twice a year because yeah. that's what they want. And it helps me keep up on my tax law and doing tax returns. And so those are... If I see them once or twice a year, that's all they really want to see me. Sure, I'm happy to do a tax return for them. Okay. I, I don't put a lot of focus into that because that's not my main idea. But the people that I help, I make sure that I help them. And they get top-notch for what by coming to me. Okay. They get top-notch service. That's what I'm going for. Um, yeah. But some of them, they don't need a call once a week. In fact, I think if I called up some of those individual tax payers <laughs> once a week, they'd be like, okay, we got to find a new guy because, you know, who needs that annoying accountant or annoying neighbor? Yeah, seriously. Maybe an accountant would be worse. If, seriously. Yeah. Um, so it's not necessarily, you don't necessarily level them up A, B, C, or D clients. It's just basically dependent on the type of service. Yeah. So I'll have individuals who need a tax return once a year. Mm -hmm. I'll have businesses who need a tax return done once a year. I don't have a lot of those. And and so if they have, if they're anything less than my A, I'll do piecemeal. So for yeah. example, some of them need me to do a little bit of bookkeeping here or there. Once a, once a month or once a quarter, go yeah. check up on them and see how they're doing, how their reconciliations are going or whatever. Yeah. Or do help them with payroll. But then I have my my A clients. So I have my clients that I work with. This is what I'm this is what I like to do. So my clients that I work with, I basically take care of the office for them. Okay. So most of them are construction um, or contractors of some type. And I do their bookkeeping, I do their payroll, I do projections, I will do, I'll do some of their project management even because I, you know, I have experience in that also. And then I'll do their tax returns at the end of the year. So what I ask in return is that they go out and make money. With any partnership, I, I believe it's very important to always be looking and saying, am I doing better with my partner than I would separate? Mm -hmm. And if both of you can say, hey, I'm doing better with my partner, it's a good partnership. Yeah. If you would be doing better on your own, my goodness, get the hell out of there. Yeah.
Yeah. Do you have any exact examples of of someone you've worked with that's greatly benefited from partnering up with you and and doing that within within their business? Sure. Yeah. I, see, all my A clients. Yeah. Uh, one, one example is I have I have one client that he's been doing contracting for twenty plus years, you know, and he makes a steady income. I mean. It, We'll just say it's a hundred thousand. It's a little more uh-huh. than that. He's made tw- you know a hundred thousand, hundred twenty thousand, somewhere in that range for the last twenty years, and his lifestyle shows that he spends a hundred twenty thousand, <laughs> sometimes a hundred thirty thousand. You know, a little more. Um, great guy, great client, but he's not able to break past that hundred twenty thousand because he goes and he works his tail off in the field. And then he comes home, and what's he supposed to do? Is he supposed to have dinner and you know be with his family, or is he supposed, or is he supposed to go to get on his QuickBooks and yeah. reconcile his bank accounts and go send track out his business? Yeah, send out contracts and whatever else. What we decided to do when we decided to partner was that I would take care of all that other stuff. So now he has more time to go out and work in the field. Go land more business. Land more business. He, he, you know, he, he does a great job, and so far this year we've well. Right now we're in November, mm-hmm. and he's three times the income he's always had. Jeez. So and, within with that's within what like six months too, right? Um, or maybe closer to a year. The year really gets pumping up for that for that client. He's in he's in concrete. Okay. Um, so the year starts pumping up here in Idaho in in April. Okay. And right now we're also looking at maybe taking a crew, you know, where it's warm yeah. through the winter so that we can actually war- work. Wow. Or over toward the ocean so that we can work. Um, and then that would really increase our income. Yeah. But the whole idea, you know, so I, I charge high fees, you know, believe it or not. I'm going to charge high fees because I do a good job. Yeah. And if I have a client that's going to begrudge that, I make sure that I'm worth it. Yeah. I'm going to bring more to the table than what I'm going to take. For sure. And my clients are expected to do the, do the exact same thing. Man. So this dude tripled tripled his business. Yeah, since he started working with you. you know, there, it's not all me. Yeah. You know, well, the, no, but it's it's given him the time to go out and triple the business. Yeah. Whereas before he didn't have the time. No, he didn't no. You know, contractors they, they are busy. Yeah. And they're going to stay busy. When, if they're good. Yeah. And they, and so now, since I took all the stuff that, you know, maybe he'll listen to this, maybe not, that he sucked <laughs> at, you know, because most contractors do suck at the bookkeeping. They, yeah. they have a hard time getting those contracts written up, getting them to who they need to. Yeah. They have a hard time turning in a schedule of values and getting paid, right? That takes time out of their day. Yeah. Give a guy another three hours, what's he going to do? Yeah. Four hours, d- depending on how much it is. What's he going to do with all that time? My goodness, he can be working more jobs. Yeah. And it, for me, it works out really well because I get to be part of a business that I've always wanted to be part of. I get to do accounting because I like accounting. I get to be in the office, but I get to have a partner and I get to be part of building something. For sure. And I think that's understated, especially for accountants. Um, especially for accountants that work in construction because I've worked on Mason crews and every time I, I know every building that I've worked on in this city yeah I love driving by those my wife gets super annoyed because I'm like I help build that I help build that 
she knows certain parts of the city. She avoids certain roads because <laughs> she doesn't she doesn't want to hear it anymore. And my kids yeah. are like, you know, I have a six year old, a three year old, and one year old. And of course, the three year old and one year old are like, yeah, dad, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. And the six year old's like, great, yeah, you built it. She doesn't, you know, she ha- yeah. hasn't fathomed that yet. But now I get to be part of not only that client's book of business and building. When I drive around town, I'm part of building a city. Yeah. And it, there's nothing like that. I love being part of that. And I'm able to leverage my time and help people, help contractors do more. I, I can't think of a, that I'm happier than I've ever been in my life That's getting so to do cool. this stuff. That's really cool. Yeah. That's cool. So not only are you <coughs> not only are you building an accounting practice, but you also have a full time job that runs seven to four. Yeah. So, talk to us a little bit about about the listeners who have a full time job and they're in the they're in that transition period between having a full time job and starting their own business. Mm-hmm. And you're really you really have two full time jobs right now. Uh, probably three, yeah. Probably three. A little closer. Yeah. <laughs> well, I so, got a family too, so there. Yeah, you're yeah. So talk to us about how you balance not only your family life but the life between those two businesses. How you keep your employer happy, as well as your clients happy and your family happy. Well, I wouldn't say any of them are happy. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I. Okay, if you want me to get into it. No, yeah, get into I it. I mean, I get two hours of sleep at night. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm working. I'm going. And I know there's an end in sight. Yeah. Right? The, the, there's, there's a time where it's going to be perfect for me to exit my job or to exit the accounting field, which isn't going to happen. Um, it's sacrifice. Yeah. And I'm going to sacrifice for what I want to do. I've always wanted to own my own business. Always. Since, since I walked, watched my grandpa contracting and laying hardwood floors since... Since I've watched others do the same thing. Second I got into the accounting field, I looked around and I said, wow, I, that's one thing I really shouldn't have listened to my dad on because I don't want to be an accountant. I want to own my own business. I don't want to go work in a big stuffy office somewhere for 16 partners yeah. and never get to see the light of day or a human being during daylight hours for the next 10, 15 years. That's not something I wanted to do. So right off the bat, I knew that... I needed to own my own business in one shape, form, or whatever, and I needed to do it pretty quick. Luckily, we were both part of a great accounting firm. Yeah. You know, we were, we were allowed to talk to clients from, I, I remember on day one, maybe it was day two, I <laughs> I was thrown in. they were work. smart, they wouldn't have given you a phone for the first year at least. Well, I think they're I'm smart. Just kidding. I'm you know, just he, kidding. he had a great philosophy. He always said that I'm either training my competitor or my next partner. Yeah. And. You know, in my case, it ended up being kind of a competitor, but I'm not, I don't feel I'm competing against other accounting firms. Yeah. I'm, I'm a partner. You know, I was asked the other day, um, you know, in a pitch, I get quote, air quotes, pitch. Yeah. Um, I was talking to a guy about his business and it wasn't construction, but he asked me, well, what are you the best at? And I think he thought I was going to be like, I'm the greatest CPA that ever lived. And honestly, <laughs> I've had 14 years experience in accounting. I've been a CPA for a year and a half now. I'm not the greatest CPA that ever lived. Um, my clients, some of them aren't the best construction cl- you know, construct, you know, yeah. contractors that ever, ever lived. But what I told them is, I'm the best damn partner there is. 
I'm going to do every, I have a lot of skills. I've had a lot of experience. When we got to be in that accounting firm, it was mostly a business firm. Yeah. You know, I've been around construction all my life. I'm a great partner. I bring a lot to the table and I'm not ashamed to say it. Yeah. And I find strategic partners that are also great at what they do. Yeah. And my goodness, we, we, we excel because of it. For it's sure. there's supposed to be a synergy in partnerships. If not, there's no reason to be in it. And because of that, we we reach the top. That's so cool. That's I see. I think so. That's why I do it. <laughs> it's an interesting point though, because I mean, you sit here and say you're not the greatest CPA in the world, right? But when you look around, I would I want to say who is the greatest CPA in the world? Every single person that comes to the table brings a different set of skills and a different set of qualities. So you may go out and find the best tax guy who knows the tax code better than anybody in the whole world. But if you sit him down in a business meeting and try to have him talk to a business owner about how to cut expenses or how to build his revenues or how to track his business better, he's probably not going to do that good of a job, right? Because he's so ingrained in, in tax. That's a great point. And that's, I, I think that's really the separation between how we operate and how general normal tax CPAs operate is they have 15 to 1500 to 5,000 clients who are tax people and they do tax all year long, right? They don't sit down with business owners and, and talk about their business and get away from the tax side and talk about ordinary daily operations and how to make the business more efficient. Whereas we've kind of gotten the ability to do that. Yeah, we might not be the best tax accountants in the world, but we have the ability to find answers to questions, both on the tax side and on the business side, that, that make us unique. And so I think that's a very interesting point. Yeah, and I think it's also an interesting point that most owners and most individuals don't need the greatest accountant in the world. Yeah. I don't even know who that is. Is there a, like a Hall of Fame for accountants? That's I be, wish. It's got to be like the nerdiest book We ever. should start one. And just put ourselves. And put the, ourselves. Number one and number two. I'm the greatest. <laughs> I'm the greatest. I am the greatest. Float like a butterfly. Um, <laughs> but no, we're exactly who we need for our clients. Exactly. And if we're not, we need to be honest with ourselves and with our clients and send them packing so that they yeah. can go find that person that's perfect for them. Yeah. There is, I think you're right. There probably is no perfect accountant. Yeah. I mean, you'll talk to a few of them. We know a few of them that probably oh, yeah. think they are, but you know, finding an accountant is funny because when you're not in the field, uh, you look at it and you say, oh man, I hope this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. And it's funny because now that we're in the field, we can be like, yeah, that guy doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. Um, I don't even remember where I was going with that. But, well, I mean, it's just... But the point is you got to find it. Somebody that fits your personality and at least yeah. has the basic minimum knowledge yep. and is not yeah. going to get you in deep trouble with the yeah. IRS or like miss a bunch of stuff, yep. but miss yeah. a bunch of deductions and not just be so taxed. Spitting stuff onto the tax return and getting it right. done. And, and not that that's the only thing CPAs do. I mean, the, there's so much more that needs to be brought to the table by a CPA and by a partner. Exactly. And, you know, in reality, when I started this, that was my, my kind of my biggest beef is I was sending people out the door because they could go get payroll for $20 less a month. Um, so they would go have to go find a new payroll specialist. Good luck and you're on your own Yeah. because we didn't recommend anybody or a bookkeeper. So yep. then they would have to go hire a bookkeeper who they didn't know how to supervise. Yeah. 
Um, they've what fifteen bucks an hour for for a crappy bookkeeper. Yeah. I mean that's gonna be a crappy one. So yeah. they can't afford it, and so then all of a sudden they're hiring a part-time bookkeeper, fifteen bucks an hour, paying them what three thousand, four thousand bucks a month, depending yeah. on on what it was. Yeah. And when I was perfectly capable of taking all their, taking care of their bookkeeping needs for less than ten dollars a month, I would have cost them less just to come to me. But because we weren't that, we weren't we, set up. We weren't in that, you know, yeah. that wasn't our ideal client at the yeah. time. We sent them packing. Yeah. So yeah, see you next year. Yeah. Hope you do well. I'll, I'll do your taxes next year, but good luck with all the day-to-day stuff that you yeah. actually could use an accountant for. Yeah, seriously. And not only not only would fifteen bucks an hour probably get a crappy bookkeeper, but the individual running the business has no idea to know if the bookkeeper's good or not. Well, they do, but it's going to be too late by the time they figure it out. Exactly, that's true. Either they run underground. Somebody embezzled money. Yeah. They, they crap something up so bad that now they have to go pay somebody the exact same amount that they just paid to go fix it. Yeah. Which we've, we've seen our fair share of that. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, is it's like businesses that are doing multi-millions of dollars every single year that just have an in-house bookkeeper that they think is good. Right. And then they walk into the, their tax accountant and they're like, okay, here's this adjusting entry, this adjusting entry. Yeah. And their tax books are completely different than what their books were throughout the year. Yeah. I, I remember doing 40 entries, 40, 40 year end entries. And they weren't like, like okay, depreciation or they weren't like yeah. the normal entries that you would just do. At the, they were like, like actual adjusting entries. Let's, right? let's change cash from what they think is $2,000 in the checking account to $20,000. Right. Let's change this and this and this and this. And, and it was every year. And then... You couldn't say anything because you didn't really. We weren't in a position to get in between that yeah. that bookkeeper and and yeah. you didn't want to lose a client because what yeah. if they liked it? What if it was their brother's wife? Yeah, exactly. Then you can't say anything about it, and so you just kind of let them go on their merry way. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, there's three parts to accounting. You know, there's the tax. Yeah. I mean, that okay. However you want to categorize it, okay. Yep. But I mean, the three main courses that we would take, they either fall under one of three categories: either tax audit or managerial accounting yep right audit most people don't need don't use ever yep majority of your clients the vast majority yep. tax everybody needs yep but this managerial accountant that can actually read the numbers and tell you stuff about your business and that's they're few and far between they're few and far between they give practical knowledge they give timely knowledge which yeah. is not anything that happens in a in a tax firm. Yeah, for sure. Right. And enough of me dogging on tax firms, but no. it, it never happens. And so then all of a sudden this guy shows up at the end of the year or four months later and you, you file an extension, he gets his year end numbers next October or next September, so they're barely in in time. Yeah. And you hand it to them and you don't really say anything because, I mean, it's irrelevant at this point. Yeah. Unless they're doing the exact same thing they did last year. Yeah. Um, I was talking. I was talking to a guy a couple weeks ago who, it was October. What was it? October twentieth. So it was five days past extension deadline. His tax and he just got hit with a hundred twenty thousand dollar tax bill from the prior year. From the year before. From the year before. So two thousand. So it was two thousand and eighteen in October, and he got hit with one hundred twenty thousand dollars that he owed from two thousand and seventeen. So it was like a year, almost a year and a half too late. You mean sixteen or set like? No, seventeen. So I guess it was. So it was the extension from the year before. Okay. So he, but not only that, he he got hit with one hundred twenty thousand dollars then, but then he's going to owe another tax. He's going to owe additional taxes at the end of the year, in next month, and also on April fifteenth. And I guarantee the same cycle is going to continue to repeat itself, 
Next October, he'll get hit with the tax bill from this year. And there's just, there's nothing we could do at that point to backtrack it, to help you A, plan for the taxes better and do things to, to uh, limit your tax liability and all that kind of stuff. So, this has got to be the nerdiest podcast. I know it's got to be. Everybody's dude. like, "You guys are just throwing numbers out." I know. It's no sense. You make those. Get get two nerds in a room, and what do you get? Nerd seriously, talk. seriously. All right, dude. So we just finished a long week of hanging out. Yeah. Well, it wasn't even a week. It was like four days. Yeah. We... That was enough for me. <laughs> hey, I loved it, and I feel like we bonded. I do too. I'll do. Yeah, me too. So the past. I'll say it too. So the past week we went to what's called the QuickBooks connect conference where it's basically just a a big conference for um, accounting specialists and other business owners who are very heavily involved in QuickBooks it's open to the public so anyone can sign up to go right but there's a there's a special accounting section that runs three days and then one day is for is open to all business owners who use QuickBooks these listeners have never seen so many nerds in one building in all their life and it's huge it's huge it's like it's like between probably what two thousand accountants, and then on the business day, it opens up to probably up to well, a couple thousand people, right? I, I think you're underestimating. I think there were about thirty five hundred people this year. I think there okay. was five thousand the year before, from the numbers wow. I heard. Probably, I think it dipped down this year. Yeah, it was a little smaller. I wouldn't say the business owners. I didn't see a lot of them. I'd say there's maybe a thousand. Really? Yeah, Additional? and then the okay. rest of them are accountants. All right, all right, all right. Get your numbers. Right. I know. We're gonna get my. I'm an accountant. What are we doing? Okay. <laughs> Top three takeaways from QuickBooks Connect. I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Or would say, maybe not top three, but what were your top takeaways from the QuickBooks Connect conference this year? Um, well, yeah, you hit me on the spot. So I'm going to stall out a minute. No, thank you. I think, think about, about it. it. Do you want me to give you mine? Yeah, yeah. Give me yours and, and then I'll repeat what you say. All right. So I actually wrote mine down. Not prior to this. And you, we're in your office. So. <laughs> So I'm going to split here. Here's a dissertation on Let's this. see. Top three takeaways. My first one was to first off build an ideal client profile. Right? So my so I'm very heavily involved in the marketing side of things. I think a little bit more than you are. Um, I try to build a social media brand and, and platform and stuff like that. So my, my first um, takeaway was how important it is to build an ideal client profile so I know who I'm targeting I know who I'm going after I know who my focus niche is right my second one was um, branding so stick with the brand and, and push it forward rather than trying to do a whole bunch of stuff on my social media pages stick with one um, something that makes me unique and push it forward um, that kind of goes along with the ideal client profile but I thought that was important as well and my third takeaway was how important it is to build my internal platform um, both with writing out like what my what my business's values are, what my mission statement is, have a concrete mission statement, um, as well as what my backstory is for why I am how I am, why I've started this business, and why I have these business values put into place. Um, <coughs> and so those are basically the three takeaways that I took from QuickBooks Conference. And I feel like it's going to be hopefully a lot different than yours um, because I kind of have a different push with how I market myself but does that kind of lead you yeah that leads me and I'll, I'll just repeat you know same crap different name yeah does that work it works dude I like it I I think number one as I was thinking back I really felt that I need to create a culture of, of adventure accountants okay I mean 
So Adventure Accountants is your accounting firm, is what Adventure Accountants is my accounting firm. Yep. Okay. Um, when, when I started out, it was, hey, let me help this client out. That you know, we I'm a true partner in that. It's not a partner in the sense of oh, I help them and they help me. No, I own stake in the company. Yeah. Right. Which is what makes you so unique. Right. It's because a lot of these contractors that you go to, sorry, I'm cutting you off. No, a lot of these people that you go to work with can't necessarily afford $3,000 a month for a bookkeeper or for an accountant that works as involved as you are. Right? Not at first. Not at, not at first, exactly. So what happens is what you take over a certain percentage, 10 to 30% about you always want to stay minority. Uh-huh. And then you help them grow their business to the point where they can actually start paying you. Absolutely. Yeah. I invest... A venture capitalist would put money in. Right. I put my time and expertise in to awesome. a company. Um, and I'm, I'm very realistic about it. I'm very upfront with what it's going to take for me to do that. Some clients, um, if they can afford it, they'll cover my expenses. Not my time, but my expenses because I work with programs. I, you know, I have robots working behind the scenes. And I'm supervising and, and yep. making sure they're doing the right stuff. Um, and some, I'll just cover the, the expenses myself. And Depending on the potential growth. Depending on the potential growth, absolutely. And how much, where they're at right now. Yeah. You know, if they're not making enough, if they're barely struggling by, I, I'm not going to go charge them 500 bucks a month yeah. to cover my expenses. I'll, I'll cover that myself, you know. But the whole point is, is I want to have investment in the company. Yeah. I was talking to, I have a roofer client and I was talking to him and I guess I'll give you the example that I gave to him. I say, well, it's all about incentives. So I used it, I made it personal for him to understand you know, where I'm coming from. I say, okay, so you're a roofer but you don't do it by yourself. He said, absolutely, I don't do it by, I have workers. Great. Do you pay them by the hour? And he says, yes, that's exactly how I pay them. And he said, I said, okay, so you send somebody up on a roof. You say, hey, I'm going to pay you 15, 20 bucks an hour, whatever the going rate is. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to put that into our clue yet. Um, <laughs> whatever the going rate is, I'm going to pay them. What's their job? What's their incentive? Of course, they have integrity. They're going to do the best job they can. But what are you incentivizing them to do? To do the job. And slow as possible, it. yeah. So they can rack up that time. Yep, rack up the time because that's how we're getting paid. And I say, okay, so let's fix that. What do we do instead? We say, I'm gonna pay you fifteen grand to go put that roof on. Okay, fifteen grand that's, to go put that roof on. We're gonna say it's a massive roof. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bigger than the roofs we do, but actually, you know, fifteen grand. Anyway, yeah. Neither here nor there. Yeah. Okay, so fifteen grand. We're gonna pay you fifteen grand to go put that roof on. What's their incentive at that point? What are they supposed to do? Go slap that bad boy on. Slap as that fast bad boy as on. Possible. Yep. As fast as possible. Cut as many quarters as corners as you can get away with, while still holding up your integrity. Yep. I say, what's the difference between an accountant and that? You pay him hourly. Your billable hour. What's he supposed to do? Stretch that time. Stretch it out. Longer keep than it, you... Th- keep it reasonable, though. Yeah. You don't want to go over last month. Keep some integrity. But if you have high month last month, you're going to push the envelope to keep that rate as high as possible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So then you say, okay, well, I'll do the job for 30000 bucks. 
What am I supposed to do? Slap it out as fast as possible. Well, still, as long still as I'm not getting integrity, still, you know, the best integrity I can. Slap it down so that you don't get caught. I'll cut corners, but that—that's the incentive. That's not necessarily the what will happen. But why not incentivize people to do what you want them to do? And so, what I said in the beginning was, I want to be part of the ups and I want to be part of the downs. If you're having a bad year. I don't want to be like, okay, see you next year. Good luck. Yeah. I, I've had that situation. I'm sitting in a, across from a client, and they lost money. They, you know, Every year they make money, and this year they made some crappy investment. They lost money. And I remember one time I somebody cracked a joke or something. I thought I laughed right in front of the client right after we told them we, they lost like 40000 bucks because they didn't even know. Oh, jeez. That's how crappy of an accounting system they had. That's, that's a service that we were providing. Yeah. Right? By the way, you lost forty thousand dollars this year, and if you don't stop, your retirement's gonna be gone. Jeez. You know, within I don't remember how many months. Yeah. Um. And I thought, well, deep down, I like this client. I'm trying to be a good person, but I don't give a shit. Yeah. See you next year. Yeah. I have another client to go take care of because otherwise I don't feed my family. And here's your $2,500 bill. And here's your $2,500 bill. And so I, you know, you give them advice and the best you can. And it's interesting because I think a lot of accountants don't realize um, their expertise, their experience. I mean, shoot, when you're working with 500 different business clients a year, you're going to see the gamut. You're going to see the spectrum of horrible business owners to awesome business yeah. owners. You're going to sit down, you're going to see everything they're doing because I know everything you're buying. Yep. I'm looking over all your financials and I'm also getting to talk with you two hours, whether you're that crappy business owner that is losing money and that really needs to go find a job or whether you're that guy that can employ you know, several thousand employees. I get to talk to you for two hours at least a year, at least. Yeah. Hopefully more. Yeah. And... Not that I'm picking your brain, but if I have my eyes open, I'm going to see the difference. And I'm going to see what you're doing well versus what he's doing bad. Yeah. And what I told myself is I want to be part of that. When I give advice and they come back the next year, and not that advice is the only thing that does it. It's advice. It's implementing it. I want to be part of all that. And I, I, want, to, I want to have a stake in the business. Yeah. And that's why I started doing it this way because I want to be truly incentivized. I like to, I, I, I have integrity. Okay. And that, and that sounds like a question, right? <laughs> I think everybody wants to believe they have integrity, right? Oh, yeah. I haven't been tested with $10 million in my hand right yeah. now either. On the other hand, I have been tested with like a dollar or two and it just didn't matter, <laughs> right? So I, I think everybody's got their, their highs and their lows where, yeah. where they have integrity and the, the other ones just the lows. Like it doesn't, it's two bucks. It yeah. gives a rip. Yeah. Um, but I have integrity, but I don't want to put that on somebody else. Yeah. To, to have to rely on that, to have to work against themselves to help me. Why not help them and give them the incentive that they need? So what the last thing I told us a roofing client is, well, what if when you, when you made that $15,000 roof, what if I got a portion of it? What's that going to incentivize me to do? Do the best job possible. I'm going to do the best job. I'm not going to cut corners because I'm going to to have to come back next week or next month or next year. Yeah. I'm not going to cut any corners. Yeah. I'm going to to do the very best job I can. 
And I'm gonna, not only that, I'm going to help you with the next one. I'm going to help you looking forward because it's not just this $15,000 roof. It's the one after that. Yeah. It's the one in two days that we got to put up again because I'm incentivized. Yeah. I care. Not only are you incentivized to put the roof on, you're incentivized to go find other roofs to put on. Right. I care. So it shifts from getting the job done to actually growing the job right. and growing the business. And it's, you know, it's also very... Um, important for me and it's advantageous to me to also teach them in subtle ways the accounting yeah we go over our financials is it really in my best interest as a tax accountant to go over the financials and teach them everything about the financials tell them actually what they're looking at i mean not really because then i'm just working myself out of job right yeah now i have a partner i want him to read the financials i yeah. want him to know what's going on i want him to understand which is a skill that not everybody has. Yeah, it's true. It's to read financials, to, to portray, you know, to, to see into the future, to make goals, to use numbers to help them in their business. Yep. So, you know, we find great contractors and we help them grow. You know, I, one of the things that was told to me by one of my clients was that he was told at the very beginning of his career to go find an office guy. So what did he do? He did whatever, almost every other co contractor does in this city, and I don't know, sexist or, or what, but they, they go talk to their wife and they say, hey, will you be my bookkeeper? And she says, well, yeah, apart from the four kids that I'm raising, of course I'll go be your yeah. bookkeeper. That sounds like an, a great, yeah. great thing for us to do. Also, we can save, you know, a few thousand bucks, right? Which yep. makes sense at yep. the time, because that's when they need it. They have no money, they're just starting out, maybe they have to buy some hot, big equipment or some tools or whatever. They're going, they're on in starvation mode. Yeah. They cannot afford a guy like me. Uh-huh. So what I've tried to do is bridge that gap. That's cool. That's awesome. Until they can't afford me, and that's yeah. that's what I want to do. All right. So going back to your three takeaways. Okay, yeah. Our, we went off track, didn't we? That's no. all right. That was good. We needed to. Okay. Uh, number one, I, I need to create a culture. Because right now I have several partnerships and each of those partnerships is its, is its own culture. So I'm more or less just adapting to them. Okay. So that was my biggest thing is I need to create a culture for my adventure accountants. Because when I just started out, it was, hey, I need a couple of clients so I can make some extra money so I can start growing a firm. Because without the first couple of clients, there's no fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, whatever. Yep. So that was number one that I got from QuickBooks Connect. Number two, I need processes. Okay. You know, I'm so customized to every one of my clients, and right now they're all doing very well, but I'm reinventing the wheel every client I get. Yeah. Which is okay, it's worked well now, but if I wanna go beyond the 10 clients, it's gonna be very tough yeah, to do that. Yeah, for sure. And I'm close. Yeah. To get beyond 10 A clients, however oh, we yeah. put it. Yeah. Full on partnership. Yeah. And so I need to have a little bit more processes. And I think those work together, the culture and the processes, kind of more streamline yeah. what we're doing. Yeah, for sure. And the rest of it, I had I, heard before. Yeah. So we went the year before, too. Yeah. So yeah. I had heard before, you know, you, you value bill. You based on, you bill, bill base, based, based on value instead of by the billable hour. Yeah. You... Make so, a personal yeah. brand for yourself. You, yeah, all that stuff. I, yeah. I've heard that before. So I mean, maybe just the overall. Yeah, and, and it helped with confidence this year. I mean, it's like, wow, I already know this stuff. Yeah, we're doing something right. Yeah, we're we're doing some, and not only are we doing it right, 
it's working. Yeah. It's working. Seriously. Which which is why we had the hard time the year before. We weren't yeah. able to implement anything that we were yep. trying to do because it wasn't our firm. Yeah. And now we have our own firm, we have our own visions, and we can create that culture, we can create yeah. those processes, we can implement these strategies, and we can take risks. Yeah. Where before, it wasn't our risk to take. Yeah. Well, I just love being able to actually sit down with different vendors who service QuickBooks Online and actually sit down and talk to them and cut deals with them and learn about their product and how we can implement it into our firms rather than, well, I guess, uh, well, let's go talk to the partner to see if they want to spend $30 a month to completely automate our entire process. Right. And then you go back and talk to them and they're like, nah. No, nah, it's, it's worked for 32 fit. years. Yeah, that doesn't fit our what we're doing here. Yeah. Why so, would we change now? Yeah. To be able to actually make those decisions was huge in my, in my opinion. That's my third one. That's your third one? Sure. Boom. <laughs> Drop the mic. Oh. I guess so. Well, Brian, would you like to leave us with any last thoughts? Well, if you could tell yourself 10 years ago something, <coughs> what would you tell yourself 10 years ago? I just turned 36. Okay. So that was me at 26. Two years married. Just let go, got let go from my first job. 10 years is a long time. Now I have three kids. Got a great job. Got another one on the way. Awesome job. Oh, yeah. Three kids and, and a baby in the oven. Yep. Yeah. Got a great job that I love. Have great clients that I work with. Um, maybe I'd tell myself just be patient. Yeah. Keep your eyes open, but be patient. Because opportunities are everywhere. My clients run great businesses. They don't have the office behind them. If they open their eyes, as they open their eyes, their businesses grow, they expand, and they, they go exponential. Yeah. I tell myself, be patient. It's coming. Work at it. Don't just, you know, sit and go watch TV and, you know, I got home from work. Wow, I'm exhausted. Work on something for yourself. And not just something for yourself. Work on yourself also. So did I say like 15,000 things? No, that was awesome. That was really good. That might be the most inspirational thing I think I've go. ever heard. Well, you would think that because we're like we do the same job. I know we do. Well, Brian, hey, thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Let me get my mind. Let me get my mind right. You know everything is alright. You know everything is alright.